Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a brand new episode of our e-commerce podcast. And today I'm here with Aaron and he's the head of marketing and Recart, an SMS-focused company for uh, e-commerce stores. And we have a long history because we've used this tool for, I don't know, four or five years minimum. We have a lot of shared clients and now case studies as well. So I'm really happy to have uh, Aaron here. How are you? It's very early there, I know. <laughs> yes, it's uh, as I just mentioned in the pregame, I am a stupid early morning portion. So uh, I'm probably ridiculously okay, all right. Uh, and all of everything you just said is absolutely true. I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to to do this and sit down. I know I've got to talk to the team here and there, but this is great to do something live uh, and something that'll go out into the world. Yeah, amazing. So I know you have a uh, great story how you ended up uh in the Ricard team and Ricard is very international so founder is from my country Hungary but they have a team here in Europe and also in the US maybe even in other places of the world I I don't know to be honest so they you have a huge team and how did you end up there and also what's your history because you have a long one right Yeah, as far as Recart goes, I mean, my gosh, let's thumbnail this. I'll try to be as short uh, as I possibly can so we can get into the, the, the good, valuable, tactical stuff. But yeah, I started online writing. I wouldn't even say I started as a marketer, but started online writing, blogging, particularly content, and then into content marketing a little over a decade ago. I had very successfully burned down a previous career. We can get into that if you'd like. There is some overlaps. But I found myself in my very early 30s, uh, unemployed and damn near unemployable. So uh, I threw up a website. I started clicking keys, writing. I did that like a madman for a good two, three, four years at the start of my career. Picked up a few clients. Uh, got snatched by Shopify Plus right when Shopify Plus became Shopify Plus. Uh, it just IPO'd as the main company and they were moving into, what's that? What was the year? That, oh my gosh, when was that? If that was seven years ago, uh, man, I'm terrible at math. This is like the perfect bad question for, There's about seven, seven, eight years ago, I started writing freelance for Shopify Plus. They had just IPO, just become Shopify yeah. Plus. And uh, the real benefit of that, and the only reason I, I stress it is because I just fell backwards into e-commerce. Uh, I had no business writing for uh, e-com in general, let alone like enterprise, enterprise e-commerce. But uh, that was just a, a beautiful start to my e-commerce career. Uh, I was the third or fourth marketing hire at Plus, and we were just off the races. So by the time I left there, four years later, I was leading all written content. I went from Shopify Plus to a phenomenal uh, paid media agency, primarily called Common Thread Collective. Uh, spent two and a half years there as vice president of marketing, 
and then left in uh, about a year ago now. I, I left Common Thread Collective and Recart. Recart came onto my radar through a cold DM from its head of operations, wonderful human named Toti. Uh, he crashed into my world at the right time. He had no idea it was the right time. He was just taking shots. And one thing led to another. I, I went all in on Recart at the end of last year and been there ever since. That gets us, I think, I think that gets us up to date. Yeah, amazing. So you, you've been part of great companies, Shopify Plus, Common Thread Collective, which is, I think they are, they are based in LA, right? Correct. LA, New York went fully remote. Yeah, they uh, have the pandemic, just like sort of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and Narika. So, yeah, let me ask you this question. So, three different companies, and uh, how would you define their cultures? How are how were those different, and what really grabbed your attention, or what, what did you like there really in their cultures? You know, that's a good. That's a good, interesting question. It, it's tough to answer because there is there's the external ethos, especially when it comes to somebody like Shopify Plus, where Shopify Core has got that arming the rebels mentality that's really inherited from probably yeah. uh, Toby the most. That uh, he's just never let go of his entrepreneurial spirit, his in the trenches spirit, that sort of thing. But what it really comes down to is, is outside of or inside, maybe the even better word of the larger culture where like Shopify, uh, Radical Candor was one of the books they had everybody read. And so it was very much focused on openness, feedback. They had uh, hack days where they would carve out two, three, four days a year where everybody shut everything down and it was just 24 hours to work on a special project, which which is that whole entrepreneurial spirit inside of the company. But at, at the real like rubber meets the road, it always has come down for me to the people immediately above me and the people around me, as well as, you know, yeah. as I'm in the leadership, the people below me. And that culture is so driven by relationships that it's hard to say there, there's sort of like the one side of things where this is the wider, the, the, the culture of the organization. And then there's who are the humans that you interact with on a daily basis. And that is so much more formative of my experiences. Uh, so for example, like at common thread collective, the, the, there were two great benefits when, when I worked there from a culture perspective. And the first was simply a voracious hunger, appetite for insight, data-driven analysis. What do the numbers actually say? And then this uh, creative spirit of interpreting the hard numbers and the hard data with really disciplined best practices that by and large were led and then disseminated by Taylor Holiday. And if you've ever experienced that dude on the socials or even in the real world, he is just a force of nature, and it's all true when you get into relationship with that kind of person. Um, I highlight that because it's very different at Recart. Um, my experience at Common Thread Collective was, you know, the leader I was reporting into, hard type A personality, but very caring, uh, an incredible salesperson. My goodness, like Taylor Hall is probably like the best salesperson I've ever met in my life. Uh, for, especially for a CEO. And then you flip it here at Recart, and what I experienced with Shomatath 
our CEO, is he's actually a lot more like Toby from Shopify. Okay. He's yeah. got like the technical chops. He's more soft-spoken. There's still this undercurrent of entrepreneurship and competitiveness too. He plays soccer. I never want to play soccer with him because he would absolutely smoke me, I'm sure. And he's more competitive than me. Um, but it just goes to show like the relationships that you're in and who you report to, they can be very different personalities. Um, and yet what attracts me over and over again, and this is probably a really good point for leaders uh, in particular, mm -hmm. is that dedication to clear understanding and being on the side of the people that you serve. Uh, and that might sound cliche, but I've seen that over and over again, been really fortunate in all three of the places I just mentioned to work for organizations where when the people who use them, their clients, their customers grow, they grow. And so there was a deep overlap between those two. And that's powered so much of like just my own growth as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I I think that's you know a great summary for all the leaders listening to this one. Yeah, yeah let's let's talk about uh, Ricard. So, if anyone doesn't know what is Ricard, how would you introduce this to? That is a great question. Ricard is an SMS platform built for Shopify merchants. We adhere to efficiency. We have been created. We have been engineered at a product level to spend less, sell more, and drive real growth. That's what efficiency means. You put less in to get more out, and that more, name of the game, is incremental, it's marginal gain, it is profitability, real genuine growth. That's what we're all about in a nutshell. So let's say I'm a Shopify merchant and I want to use Recard. There are many SMS tools out there. So I don't want to name others now. If you want, you not. Can. no, 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 no. I have enough trouble with that in the real world. You don't need to bring them in also there. <laughs> so how will you compare Ricard to them and how is it different? Yeah, the three things I just rattled off around efficiency. No one's not going to say that, right? No one's going to be like, actually, our goal is to make you spend more, earn less and actually drive fake growth, right? That's no one's going to argue the opposite. But the deeper I get into Recart, and as we uh, as we go further up market to larger and larger businesses, these realities become more and more clear to me. So what we would try to do is identify the points of differentiation around five key features. And it doesn't sound like all that exciting or sexy to be like, here's the features. But it really comes down to what can you do with Recard that you can't do with any other platform? And uh, this used to be the fourth. So I had this list of five. Here's the thing. You're asking these questions as though we set you set me up. You totally didn't. You don't know what, right? So like, I, I love this interaction. Uh, so we have these like five core differentiations. And the fourth one, it, it came out fourth. It's still fourth when you go to our homepage. It's fourth in all the decks, but it's darn near now my first one that I present to anybody who's migrating a replatform from another SMS provider. And it's really simple. We show you the actual dollar costs of your campaigns, your SMS campaigns, before you send them. And we show you the actual dollar costs of your automations historically and in real time. Meaning you don't have to wonder or guess what a campaign is going to cost before you send it out. You don't have to translate credits into dollars or whatever your native currency is. Instead, Recart says, 
this is your rate. This is how many people you're sending it to. This is what it's going to cost you. Do you want to hit send? Right? And what I love about that is that simple, that very simple idea that no other platform freaking does for you. Yeah. Drives right at the heart of backing up that idea of efficiency. Because to be efficient, to drive real growth, to drive profitable growth, you have to be able to easily tell what are we spending? What are we making? Right? And so what's the delta between those two? That's what it comes down to. Uh, and I can go into more of the features, but I mean, that's just the first biggest, obvious, most glaring one is if you go inside the Recard dashboard, you're going to see real dollars across the board. Real dollars, because that's how businesses operate. It's just so crazy that, as I said, there are so many SMS platforms, but probably only Ricard is the one, you know, which shows these numbers. And uh, because we use other tools, and I remember, as you said, we had to convert, you know, USD into some tokens or, or credits, and we could use it. And then I remember we had to calculate those numbers and, okay, we want to send an SMS campaign. Uh, for a larger segment, but it costs a lot of money. The ROI is maybe not the best. So we need a smaller segment, but we have no idea how much it will cost. So, you know, all of these problems and marketers and agencies, they have these issues. So clearly that helps a lot. It, it, it helps looking forward. That's one of those things of whenever I'm talking with an actual business owner, an operator, a, a life cycle manager, a retention, mm -hmm. you, know, the, you know, somebody who's in the trenches, yeah. they've all got their eyes light up. That's why I sort of joke it used to be four and I really should make it number one because when I get to four, they're like, there's like audible gasps. Like, oh, you show that? And it's because everyone has made the mistake of like a few extra characters, an emoji that went in that you didn't realize was going to yeah. do this. Or sending to multiple countries on accident, not realizing your segmentation wasn't set up correctly, and you just scream past your budget. So yeah. it's really it's great on the front end looking forward. And it's also like it just makes it so you can evaluate your performance uh, so much more quickly, so much more easily than trying to translate everything and figure out what did we spend, what did we make, so what's our return. And then doing things like we only do click attribution. Again, this isn't the this isn't the headline sexiest thing ever, right? I would think hey, it's not a big yeah. deal, but to actually remove "quote unquote" view attribution because that doesn't exist for text messages. Everyone's got a stat. Every one of our, and I'm sure it probably exists somewhere on Recart because we had to pull them all down and we went through this process of gutting our website of all the things that weren't true, kind of thing. When I came in, everyone's got a stat about like 95, 98 percent open rates for for text messages. Uh, and what they don't say is that's a assumption based yeah. on qualitative data surveys of how often people, how quickly people open their text messages. It's actually a technological impossibility. No one can measure the open rates of a text message. So if you're using view attribution, right, what it means is you sent this to somebody, whatever that view attribution is set to, 24 hours, seven days, 28 days, it's going to say, if this message went to them, the platform says any sale you've had within that window is ours. We did it. And it's absolutely a lie. It's got to be click only one to seven days or unique discount codes. Um, yeah, the discipline stuff. Yeah, we just had a long conversation with one of our team members about this and I believe the truth is somewhere in between. So last click and, and unique codes, as you said, that's the strictest. And then that is the one. And I think Clavio is more in that category. Do you know Clavio's attribution model, how it works? They essentially, 
that you can set the click attribution based on whatever time window you want for mm -hmm. text. Uh, the only kind of like funky thing, and so Clavio is a lot more honest. Like that, that's the great thing about Clavio. Is it? Is it actually is? It's a lot more honest when it comes to SMS. It's just what it'll often do is because it's sort of fighting it out between email and SMS. Yeah, it'll often over attribute to email and under attribute to yeah. SMS, and that's why it's really important, even if you have both SMS and email in one platform, to still do something like last click to at least have a check and balance between the two. Whether that's just through Google Analytics use something like Triple Whale or Northbeam, right? Another attribution tool, whatever it is, just make sure you're balancing the two together. Yeah, actually you mentioned SMS. I thought more about email. I don't even know why, just Clavio is email for me, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, email in Clavio, it's like five days and, and after open, that's the, that's the default one. You can make the time window longer or I think yes. you can change it to last click as well. But the default one is, after somebody opens, so five days after somebody opens an email, they purchase, then that's Clavio email. Uh, and I think that's very optimistic. So we double checked it with Nordbeam on multiple accounts. And uh, last click was more like one third what Clavio says, the revenue. Yeah, that's so about right, especially when it comes to email. Now, with email, obviously, that you can actually measure that. I mean, it's getting a little more obscure with all the fun privacy things Apple is doing in particular. It's like good for them, but it just makes it hard on all of us marketers who want to know exactly what happened. It's getting a little harder, uh, but it's still, at least you can measure that with, with email. It's an actual technological possibility. And then it just comes down to, all right, did that assist? Is it a multi-touch? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember what uh, Hawk Media told me years ago that uh, they max out the attribution window. I think that's 90 days, the max in Clavio after open because they, what they really want to see, they don't want to argue about channels like email made the sale or Facebook ad. It's dumb. It's pointless. Uh, they just want to see what customers or what subscribers they touched email at all before buying something. And yeah. as long period as possible so that's a you know different way of thinking and i like that it is and it's more of like a you know like a journey how somebody gets to purchase or yeah. how someone gets yeah. back to purchase uh, rather than being able to say this is the thing that did it so invest all of your money here right that's that shouldn't be what anybody is arguing about but it still becomes really important to because one of the problems that most people come in with sort of a two-pronged issue mm -hmm. and it's i suspect i'm overpaying I, th I think i'm paying too much uh and sometimes that just is is a feeling because sms simply costs more than email people still aren't accustomed to it it's somewhere between email and you know a really new customer heavy acquisition channel like meta or you know etc on the paid media side of things so it falls somewhere in the middle they suspect they're overpaying uh, and two, they don't really trust the results. That's sort of like the two, that, that's where people come in with like the pain points. Um, but it's not an all or nothing, right? You still want to understand, yeah. did something assist in the journey? And is it part of your ecosystem right, that, that gets somebody to buy and buy again?
Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. Uh, let's get back to Recart. So what other features would you mention? And also let's talk about new features coming uh, because I know you always develop new things. Yeah. So we talked about seeing spend costs in actual dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, we're the only SMS platform that has built its campaign editor to reflect and have the same functionality as the automation or flow editor. So what you can do in any other platform is create sequential text messages. The problem is, while you can add delays between those messages inside of campaigns, you can't add conditional logic between them. You can only say, all right, load up this one to go out on Friday, this one to go out on Saturday, and then send another one on Monday. Let's let's try to clean it up. What Recart did is, because what we noticed is, with SMS, there is a growing divide between the number of people who click and the number of people who buy. And it's because SMS is primarily, right? It, it, is, it is always a mobile experience. And mobile experiences interrupt, and then they come and go in a moment. So there's this growing, deepening divide between people who get the message, click through, and then actually complete the purchase. So what our customer success managers used to do until we built the campaign editor to reflect the automations editor was they would actually build custom segments for the next campaign. So before you send out another full list, before you send out a last uh, 180 day engage, right? Before you spend another big chunk of money on yep. the same group of people, what they would do is they would say, okay, show me everyone who clicked this X campaign, the last one we sent, the 20% off offer, right? Show me everyone who clicked that campaign. Now exclude anybody who purchased in the last 24 hours and exclude anybody who abandoned their cart in the last 24 hours. Because if they did that, they would have been scooped up by the abandoned cart automation. And now we've got that five to 8% of people who clicked, didn't purchase and didn't abandon cart. And what they would do is 24 hours later, just to that, that fraction of the original campaign list is send a reminder, a follow-up campaign that was always SMS, right? Short to the point, damn near copy and paste of the first one. And these would clean up by about a three to five X on the original order rate. Um, so the click-through rate is off the charts because there's continuity with what they saw 24 hours previously that they already showed interest in, but for whatever reason, forgot to finish. Uh, so what we did is after doing this over and over and over again manually, they just finally said, all right, let's put that conditional logic and the ability to delay campaigns into the editor itself. So we're the only one now where you can string together multiple messages, literally as many freaking messages as you want inside of a campaign with the delays and the conditional logic between each one. Or even set up A-B tests inside your campaign to say, what if we send a, a second offer with a lower or higher discount versus the original offer to that group that clicked but didn't purchase 24, 48 hours later, right? There's just a lot more you can do. And that's, again, right back to this idea of efficiency. Click but didn't purchase reminders drive efficiency. They enable you to send less 
because it's a fraction of the original audience. And then exclude your recent purchasers based on your reorder window from the next campaign. And when you do this over and over again, that efficiency stacks and it mounts not only in the terms of how much you're spending, you lower your total sends, you increase the revenue, but the extra benefit is that you also don't bother people as much with irrelevant messages. Because the moment somebody shows interest, you're, you're doubling down on that one. They've already, so you're engaging with them in the thing that they've shown interest in. And then when they do the thing you want them to do, pull them out. Don't bother them again. Put them into those transactional shipping notification ones. Just be really disciplined about that segmentation. And our campaign editor lets people do that in a way that's just so much easier, I would say, than other platforms. Yeah, that's amazing. And actually, that's a well-known secret in, you know, Clavio users or marketers, we, we've been doing it. I don't think Clavio has this, actually, but the concept that you send out a campaign and then you resend it to the opener, openers yes. or those who clicked or, you know, took some action, you just resend it later or maybe even a third time. So, you know, you, you set these up and uh, that's a high, that's a very valuable tactic. And uh Sometimes the second campaign, it compares to the revenue of the first one, which is amazing. It so, is because it's such a focused target audience and it's such a smaller amount of messages. It's so much yeah. less expensive Yeah, and it performs so much better. Yeah. And you just increase the ROI and the total, you know, two campaigns. So, yeah, that's amazing. And when I talk to folks like you, whether it's on the agency side or the brand side, I explain this to them and they're like, yeah, I do that with email. Most people say, yeah, yeah, oh, I, I totally get it. Or I try to do that with text messages, but it's just so laborious to build a custom segment each time based on who clicked this one campaign and then on and then that it just ends up going by the wayside. Yeah, and so the ability to do that easily, systematically, over and over again. Over time. Up actually, because you mentioned three segments, I think, those who clicked or abandoned the cart and uh, didn't purchase, maybe a fourth one, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you can screw it up actually if you are, you know, not paying enough attention. So yeah, <laughs> yes. good to automate these things. That's always the case. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe a bit boring question, but I have to ask this. So in what countries Ricard is available? Because and also what platforms? Because it's always a question that you know what that it's a question that we regularly get. What countries and what platforms? Platforms, easy answer. Shopify. We are all in. Plus as well, right? Excuse me? Uh, Shopify Plus as well. Oh, yes, of course. No, because the back end of, yeah, Shopify covers all the different tiers. Yeah. Yep. All in on Shopify. Uh, now, we've built out a couple of custom headless solutions. Uh, and in one of those cases, the cart level is still Shopify, so it's a lot easier um, but we've done it before. It just has to be, has to be, the bang has to be worth our buck is, is what that. So by and large, it's Shopify, 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 Shopify outside of real enterprise headless solutions that, it, mm -hmm. that it's worth creating all the different connections that you need to build into it. As far as countries, yeah, the, the predominant country is the United States. Then it goes up into Canada. We've got uh, Australia, UK, New Zealand on our quick and easy hit list of this is what it costs, um, two-way messaging. But what we've also done over the last probably six months or so, as, as larger businesses have come in, we've gone onesie, twosie to additional countries and now can basically 
across the board. Now, the caveat to that is one, obviously, it gets a lot more expensive in various countries. Uh, we're looking at one right now for Singapore. So one of our, our larger brands wanted to set up in Singapore. And the the level of lift for the business itself is pretty high because to send text messages into a place like Singapore is you've got to establish an organization there. You have to, right, there's all this red tape you have to go through. And that varies country by country. And so we're always weighing the fact of, is it worth yeah. it? Is the payoff yeah. worth it? But international, absolutely. Yeah, across the board. Amazing. Um so I follow you on Twitter, and I think one of the big topics is using AI and uh, AI in Recart. So, yeah, do you want to share more how, how you utilize AI in the platform? You say you follow me on Twitter. I follow you on LinkedIn. And you, my goodness, Daniel, we dropped. Okay, so, yeah, dear listener, watcher, whoever is experiencing this, is, we dropped the RAI tool about a month and a half ago maybe even two months ago now, it was the beginning of July. And I think you were one of the first people that actually went in and recorded yourself using it. Uh, because what we did is we released it uh, with five custom storefronts so that anyone who goes to the landing page can actually select their industry, like men's fashions, women's fashion, food and beverage, and then they automatically get redirected inside the tool itself. So it's a smaller version. All, all you get is access to the AI tool, but it's literally the full AI tool inside the Recart app. You scared me. The reason you scared me is because you were such an early adopter. You jumped into it while my team and I and the product team were still like it was MVP when we put it out. Like all the functionality was there, but we have been iterating on it, iterating on it. Um, and so now what it looks like is very similar to what you would have experienced. Of uh, What we wanted to do was ask the question, not how do we bolt on a, a chat, a, a writing assistant, right? That's just like spitting out a bunch of one size fits all. This is what you wrote. Here's five different ways to write it. A lot of a lot of organizations are adopting AI to do exactly that. It's just slap a writing assistant on it, call it good. What we wanted to do is identify where are the big wins, and the big wins are segmentation, personalization, and sending time. That right, what you send, who you send it to, and when you send it makes or breaks. SMS makes or breaks, breaks text messaging. So what they did is they created, you can enter a base campaign is what we call it with just a goal. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do 20% off this product, this collection, or this new drop with this product name. It's just a real simple, what are the basic ingredients of your campaign goal? When does it end on, on top of that? Does it end Friday? Does it end Saturday? You drop in those basic ingredients. And then rather than a bolt on, what we've done is created custom brand identities for every single company. Now, the first step in that is to actually use AI to build it. So it goes to the website, it looks at the products, it looks at the homepage, it looks at the about page, it creates this outline, sort of like a rough draft version, but then a human goes in and actually edits the brand identity, the rules, the guidelines, and puts that behind the scenes so it's not one size fits all, it's specific to that brand. Kicks out three options based on various lengths, use of emoji, so that someone can say, I want to do 20% off, ends Friday, and it's just this new drop of shoes. Boom, three options to choose from based on your brand voice and identity. You select one of those options, then you go into the segmentation. You can upload five actual segments 
directly from Recart, which is directly from Shopify. So typically what we do is we'll work someone through cold. They've never purchased. They've never abandoned a cart. And in some cases, they've never even clicked a text. This is as cold a human being as we possibly could have and, and still have their phone number. Then there's yeah. interested where they've clicked or they've abandoned a cart. There's recent buyers for someone who's made a purchase in the last 30, 90 days, depending on what your recent buyer window is. There's people who have made multiple purchases or VIP audiences, especially if that's tied to your loyalty program or a membership program. This is a really big one that you can now identify inside Shopify. So it pulls right into Recart. And then there's lapsed customers. So show me all the people who made a purchase but haven't come back in, say, 90 days or 120 days, 180 days. Right. These five different segments then take that one original message and automatically apply it based on personas that govern the messages that are created for each one of those segments. So for example, cold audience is going to take that offer and it's going to keep it to 140 characters, no emoji, short and sweet, in and out, disciplined costs. Now, interested, someone who's interested, let's open with a question. Let's end with a question. Let's highlight the discount. Let's highlight social proof. What are our reviews? What are people saying about us, right? Cold, we don't need all that. That's too much information for somebody. Just tell them what the thing you're selling is and get them to come by. Interested, we get a little more length to it. Recent buyer, don't treat that recent buyer the same way you would a colder and interested or a multi-repeat buyer. Instead, that one's all about more extending your collection, right? There's all these subtle things you can load into to basically what you have at the end is five different messages about the same offer going to five different segments doing the freaking thing that lifecycle managers that retention managers wish they had time to do know that they should be doing and do it for them with human eyes on it to approve it before it goes out it's just it's taking these best practices and making it doable repeatable over and over again so that's that's our whole gamble with AI, the big bet we're making is how do we actually solve problems with it uh, in a way that materially impacts the kind of relationships that brands can develop with their customers that treats them as humans. Yeah, amazing. And as uh, you said, I tested it as one of the early adapters and I really like how you structured it. So everyone who, and we will put the link into the description so everyone can check this out, but you can see that there is actual experience behind how this is set up. So the most important segments where the ROI is the highest and it's just so clear. And I showed this to my team and they didn't have many questions because it was just clear for them, you know? So yeah, it, it wasn't too complicated. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like chat GPT or something. It was very simple to set up. So and it saves us a ton of time and, uh, yeah, it's just very clear and, and it works. So and it's and we're iterating on it. It's getting better and better. I know the version that you originally did absolutely linked to it. The version you originally did, we didn't have the disciplined lengths down yet. So if you were to go back into it now, we we've done is really thought hard about what performs best for cold audiences. And a lot of that has to do with keep it to one SMS, keep mm -hmm. it short. And so now that's been integrated into the various personas. But there's another great example of like, uh, we've got a UK brand. Um, and for them, it has to be English spelling, not American spelling. So that's an instruction you can put into the brand identity. Yeah, it has to be because in the UK, 
And, and in Australia, you can't send MMS and SMS is really expensive. So you can't send the, the pre-pictures and the images that would go with all the US and Canada audiences. And it also gets really expensive really fast. So we've got to be even more disciplined, not just about the cold audiences, but all of the audiences. And it's that customizable element of it that really I think is the power where it's like, it's the coming together of the human side of things, the learning and then using that to govern what the AI can do over and over again. Yeah, amazing. So Aaron, thanks for coming here today and sharing your story and also these updates about Ricard and the main features. So of course, I will put the link into the description so everyone can find it. Also the the demo, I think it's a demo, right? We yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I will add that too. And we have one more, which is from my company. So we collected the top 100 email templates that we ever used for our clients. And now we are close to 500 million emails sent out. So it's the top 100. I will put a link into the description and it's completely free to download it. And thanks again, Aaron. Thanks everyone who listened to us and have a great day. Thank you, Daniel. And likewise.